Hello there, folks. You're listening to the Old Time Radio Hour with John Hennigan. And who are you? Oh, my name is Dom Flemons, bringing you commentary and uh, and and sometimes random tidbits of information about each of the records, and sometimes just uh, baffled reactions. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, today in the show, I'm gonna play some of my '78 records, and uh, Dom's gonna tell you what he thinks of them. Let's get started. <laughs> I can look through muddy water, baby, and fire dry land. If you don't want me, honey, let's take hands in hand. I'm going so far, I can't hear your rooster crow. I'm going so far, can't hear your rooster crow. This is my last time. Ever knocking at your door My last time ever knocking at your door You won't cook me no dinner Baby, you won't me no clothes You won't do nothing but walk the hundred And if you love you, woman, better measure it in a cup. So she have no quit, your boy won't leave you in tough love. Man, you can take my woman. But you ain't done nothing smart For I got more than one woman playing in my backyard When storm come And it blows my house away I'm a good old boy but I ain't got nowhere to stay Then it's trouble, yeah and it's trouble everywhere So much trouble floating in the air What's gonna trouble get like mine what you gonna do your trouble get like mine oh that's great stuff there John oh oh, that's great who was that there (laughs) that was a guy named Fury Furry Lewis. Yeah, good old Furry Lewis, man. I, that that stuff I, I really really enjoy. That that uh, the Mem- that the Memphis area yeah. uh, songsters and blues singers. Yeah. You know that 
it, it's funny because all of them seem to, they all seem to come from either north Mississippi or, or west uh, they come from west Memphis Arkansas and they just it seems like Memphis was that place where everybody decided to migrate into when they want to get to the big city hmm. like your buddy Frank Stokes oh yeah yeah Frank Stokes man he's he's one of the best there and you have a lot of those uh, well it's weird you have a big uh, uh, diverse variety of of different types of blues singers and then you also have these other guys that that were songsters that played this older style of music and it's like they played some blues and then they you know then they mixed it up a whole bunch yeah you have some frank stokes there yeah i do let me get one out for you buddy all right I'm going to stay in Memphis, Tennessee, why the gals in Memphis take a like to me, and I ain't nobody business but my own. It ain't nobody business, honey, how I spend my money, nobody business but mine. It ain't nobody business, kid, why in the world I got my money, it ain't nobody business but my own. And me, baby, why you be kind? You talk to me so rough all the time. Ain't nobody business but mine. If I had my way, I'd stay with you. Think about the thing you want me to do, baby. Ain't nobody his business but my own. It ain't nobody's business, honey. Why in the world I find my money? Ain't nobody business but mine. It ain't nobody's business, baby. How I treat my city, nobody in this world mine. I'm going to sit around and maybe can't see wagon have his work all on me, ain't nobody. Business but mine. If I had a way, I'd let you alone. Worship to God, I'd stay at home. It ain't nobody business but my own. It ain't nobody business, honey. How in the world I spend my money? Ain't nobody business but mine. It ain't nobody business, honey. Why in the world I find my money? Nobody's business but my own. Well, it ain't nobody's business, kid, who in the world I do my business with, till it ain't nobody's business but mine. Whew! 
charge for that label of damage at the end. What do you think about that? Oh man, that's some killer stuff, man. And Frank and, and Dan Sane, man, they just they just work it, you know. And it, it, it's really great to hear the the way that that Dan Sane throws on those like see, those. It's almost like pre rock and roll licks that he throws on top of yeah, on top yeah. of the, yeah, the great finger picking, you know. He, that's a that's a particular style. I don't know if I've ever quite heard two guitars play like that in any other recording that we know of. Well, the the only one that I heard something cl that that hit close to that was um, there's a, the the one recording of Memphis Mini where she's not doing Memphis mm. Mini, which is Frisco Town. Yeah, yeah. And at the okay, very yeah, end yeah. of that one, there's like uh, I think it, Kansas Kansas City Joe McCoy. He start he throws in some licks. It's only at the very end after she's done singing singing words to it that she throws in some licks, and it, it kind of. It's the only thing I've ever heard that sounds kind of like that. Mm -hmm. That's, but that's one of the great journeys is finding um, is when you listen to certain certain performers' recordings and that they when they do that one one song that's completely not in the style uh, that they're associated with. Like um, Papa Charlie Jackson has one recording where he sings in the style that's not like any other song that he ever recorded in his life. Oh, what's that? There's one called Bright Eyes, and it, it's the only one I've ever heard where so, he sings like Rabbit Brown, actually. Oh, wow, interesting. Yeah, maybe, maybe I can play a little bit of that one at, at some point when we pull cool. out the Rabbit Brown. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, you, you got me started now on Songsters. Oh, awesome. So I want to play you uh, this one. You certainly know. do a version of it. One of the greatest Songsters of all time. Yeah, who's that there? It's a guy named... Beans handball. Oh yeah. This is Beans now, fixing to play all a beautiful little number. The entitled Beans. He's playing this from general resurrection to the revolution. Now the last time, y'all, when y'all hear this piece of music, now ladies and gentlemen, I mean it's all right. You had to say good morning And good morning, Judge That's something good people When you tell the judge good morning That ain't no way to do Judge, you come to my house You won't find no doobies No bone and You won't find no doobies No ham, no egg, no doobies No bone and bite They give you beans for your breakfast Give you beans for your dinner Beans for summer time they give you fried beans, boiled beans, stew beans, baked beans, beans, brand of yana, garlic, or meat and beans. Oh, the dung of raw beans, and still look like beans. Roll out a treatment for beans, 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 and the taste like beans. Then the anchor like beans, 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 they will work you like beans, too. Some lime and Never broken beans, spoon sticking in the beans. David had a little beans, beans, beans. No lady had beans, beans. Some lemon beans. You seen the Benjoid beans? Adam had a little beans. Sway had beans. She had a garden full of beans. Old Nora had beans. He had all full of beans. Bought them full half beans. Double lime beans. I died from eating beans. 
Jones undertake a broad beam. Had a coffin full of beans. His voice was full of beans. To the graveyard in beans. Down the grave in beans. Beans, beans, let me down at bean springs. Curled me up at bean hole. Greet my funeral with beans. Beans, beans, preacher took his text with beans. Sister raised the helmet with beans. Believe me, this song beans. I'll swear to shout it, Bean. Go lie your hat, Bean, Bean, Bean. St. Peter hat, Bean, Bean, Bean. And I got a reploy from a hymn to Hildewood, Bean, 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 Bean. Oh, that's, that's such a great one. You, you know, I, 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 got to, I got to hear a recording at one point of, um, of the sheet music version of that song. Yeah, I got the sheet music right here. Yeah, there's a there was there's an an album that came out called Lost Sounds, and it's a an album devoted to early black performers in the recording industry. Oh, yeah. And they have a version of a guy singing the sheet music version like of the Beans. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Uh, I'm always looking for other uh, versions of that song. It's not yeah. as awesome though. It, yeah. I, 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 no, but it's always just interesting that like the sheet music has different verses, and usually um, when these guys holy sheet music songs you know they usually just do the chorus you know and then when you get the sheet music you realize there's an introduction and there's verses and the version that you know is in general generally just the chorus you know because it made more sense to just do the chorus over and over again you know and they only had three minutes really to get this down absolutely well here i'll play you a little bit of a little bit of beans 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 recorded by opal cooper all right cool Cheap 
and so is Peel. Just disgusted is the way I feel. I must have meat along with my meal. That, that is especially when I'm able. Now, now, Judge, believe me, married life ain't always bliss. Now, now, Judge, you, you, you quit if all you got was this. Beans for your breakfast. Beans for your lunch. Beans for your supper time. She had boiled beans, fricassee beans, stewed beans, fried beans. Beans rain or shine. Judge, she never had ham. Chicken or lamb, as strange as it may seem. Now my home I admire, Judge, but I've got so doggone tired of eating beans, beans, beans. That is exactly the version that's from the sheet music. Oh. But I've read through the sheet music several times and I've never heard, heard that, so it's interesting to hear it. Yeah. Huh. It just goes to show you how, you know, the interpretations are so much more interesting, at least to me anyway, the hand-blowing version is unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. You know, and even even the flip side of it is really interesting, is his version of uh, Tippin' Out, which is... Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, you know, and especially when you put it next to... Like a, a a little bit more, uh, a lot more polished arrangement of it with uh, with Pink Anderson and Simi Dooley. It's still pretty rough. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> polished <but> compared to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's such it's so crazy to see just the personal interpretation that went from each each performer. And but, an interesting thing about comparing those two versions is, you know, that they both do that same break. Yeah. Which I think I pointed out to you before. Which is interesting. So where did that break come from? Was that just the way everybody played it? It got passed around that way? Or was there some recorded acoustic version that we've never heard with that break that they both got it from? I don't huh. know. But they both do the, you know, da, 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 that little run. Yeah. And uh, that's the only similarity, really, between the versions. Is yeah. They both do that, that stop where the lyrics stop um, every other time and they do that little uh, chromatic one. Interesting. Oh yeah, and it, it, it was. And it's hard to figure out. Like, where did they get that from? Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of one of those things where I wonder if there's there's like a standard fare that would just go on for the performers as they were in the show. Yeah, I'm sure there was. Yeah, it's just hard to say where it originated from. But I guess you know, maybe there was some big popular band that did that as part of their show. Yeah. And they were both just copying the same thing. Well, like, there, one thing that I found was neat, I was, uh, you know, a lot of times I'll sit with my iPod and put it on random and just listen for songs. And uh, there's one section of, I can't remember what, what part it is, but there's like a, a whole breakdown section where Hambone's talking about, I think he's talking, is he talking about, there's a whole breakdown section where he breaks away from doing gonna tip out tonight and then he jumps back into it but Pink Anderson does it on one of his later recordings that he did in the 60s oh. and um, I think it's I think it's Chicken Roost Behind the Moon the, the one that Pink Anderson does and it has the, the same section almost like it's almost like the section is you do the section and then you can you know you can uh vary your song or something or other like that which mm. which i thought was really a instinct thing because again that it doesn't seem like anybody ever really wrote down you know 
add section here or anything like that or wrote down like sheet music or arrangements for a lot of these things. No, you wouldn't think so. You know. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, this next record I'm going to play you is a, another a songster. This is a white guy that, I don't know if you ever heard this record. It's, his name is a Rustic Waters. No. No, it's a very rare record. Very, very late Columbia. It's hated by most record collectors, and then there's a couple people like me who think it's one of the greatest records ever recorded. This guy was like a one-man band, you know? Huh. And he's playing uh, harmonica, kazoo. It sounds like some kind of homemade instrument. I, I don't clearly hear a guitar, but some kind of string instrument. And most people say he's got stuff on his feet that, that sound like strings. I, I don't know how that would be hooked up, but who the hell knows. Um, it's interesting, and... One thing I should point out about it is that the reason why, other than the fact that it's just a songster is a reason for most, you know, record collectors, especially like, you know, blues guys or hardcore country film guys to be down on it. That's that's enough reason right there. Yeah. <laughs> the, thing that, the thing that makes everybody hate this record is the guy's out of tune with his uh, kazoo. But, you know, to me, that's just, you got to just accept that and probably realize that, you know, in these sessions... He probably didn't have much time to prepare. My guess is that he tuned all his instruments not to his harmonica. I'm sorry, I think I said he was out of tune with his kazoo. Of course, he's not out of tune with the kazoo because he can control the pitch. Yeah. He's out of tune with his harmonica. Uh. He's perfectly in tune with himself. So he starts out playing the harmonica way out of tune, which doesn't bother me anyways. I actually find it kind of charming. But, and then he switches to the kazoo. I'm sure because he realized oh shit I'm out of tune with my harmonica <laughs> in these recording sessions you rarely you know you don't get a second chance so but of course so he's grossly uh, intensely hated by many record collectors but none of that matters to me I think it's a great song he's probably an Irish guy nothing's known about him but he sounds Irish and huh. the song's called Sweet Nora Shanna which sounds like an Irish girl's name to me
Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah I, didn't find, I didn't find the harmonica to be too bad. It was a little bit out of I tune. I saw you cringing at first. Yeah, yeah well, you know. <laughs> you got to get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just something charming. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, it is. It's a really beautiful song. And you don't expect that chorus to come in. Sweet Nora Shannon. I think it's a great melody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it is. Singing reminds me of that um, that great uh, Otto Gray's... Uh, Oklahoma Cowboys oh, reminds me yeah. of the guy singing uh, "Sucking Cider Through a Straw." <laughs> He's saying, "Sucking Cider Through a Straw." Are you familiar? <laughs> are you familiar with this banjo guy, Lindsey Condor? No. Surely, I'm living a ragtime life. No. Okay, let's check this out. Oh, I surely, surely want to hear that ragtime life he's singing about. What's on now? What's on the flip side? Since there's no label, too. This um, was unissued by OK, so this is a test pressing, and I'm not 100% sure whether just this take was unissued or whether it came out on a record. Oh, okay. But this is uh, one of those test pressings that actually was not uh, issued. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it just comes with the one side? Is there is there another yeah, side? Yeah, test pressings usually, well, the, the vinyl ones like this are just one side. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always like to ask about it because John and I have talked about this talked about this before with you know with each 78 except for this this test pressing most 78s have two sides to them but a lot of times you cling on you find the with your 78 you cling on to one side so hard that's you know other, sometimes you don't even know that you got that there's a, a good flip side there was a that happens all the time yeah you you tell me about the, the you tell me that great story about you and Robert with uh with Tommy Tommy and what what? Yeah, well, we were talking about Kanui and Lula, and I asked him, if, "Have you ever heard Tommy Tommy?" And he said, "No, I never heard that." So it's you know phenomenal. It's just one of the greatest like you know guitar instrumentals. You got to hear it. He goes, "Oh yeah, it, uh, it reminds me. You got to hear this one. Ooh ooh, you ever hear that?" I said, "No, I haven't heard it." And uh, he said, "Oh, it's you know, just what you described." Well, so he put it on for me. And he looked at the other side and he said, wait a minute, the other side of this is Tommy Tommy. I don't think I've always listened to the other side. And I realized I'd never listened to the other side of my record just because <laughs> I freaked out and listened to that, like that one side so much. Sometimes you just forget to flip it over. It's pathetic. And that's happened to me several times where I'm talking about a record. In fact, it kind of happened with us one time when we were listening to records with Robert and we were talking about... Um, Who's the, the guy you mentioned, uh, Don't Think I'm Santa Claus, Lil McClinton. Oh, yeah. We were talking about that record, and he said, oh, I'd never heard that. And oh. then he realized he did have it, but he had only listened to the other side. 
And luckily, I had a copy, so when I played him that side, he's like, wow, that's great, I gotta get it. And I handed it to him, he's like, wait, I do have this. I just never listened to this. So, <laughs> happens all the time, you know? Uh huh. Part of the 78. great one. Oh, that, and that's such a that's a that's a pretty wicked uh, banjo you ukulele on there too with with that guitar. Yeah, great. It's uh, Lindsay and Alvin Condor. Huh. Must be brothers. Recorded February twenty fourth, nineteen twenty eight, in Memphis, unissued by OK. So huh. somebody heard that and said, "Let's not put that out." Fantastic decision. <laughs> Man, it's like, whatever, man. 
So, so you got anything you want to play? Let me see if I got a... Uh, since we got interesting songsters here, uh, yeah. here's one that... When I uh, when, when I first moved to North Carolina, it was out to see how well that one plays. But um, first time I moved out there, you see, I might have I might have these. Let's, I'm gonna pull them out. I'll yeah. pull out mine and see if maybe that one you want to play. All right. Because those those acoustics are tough. Yeah, like uh, they're a bad shape. Yeah, like I, you know when I I wish I I you know as always hindsight is twenty twenty. Like I went to this place called the Great Treasure Hunt in Durham. North Carolina, and they they had all these seventy new records sitting around there, and I saw this, I saw these uh, acoustic records, and so they had the old Columbia label with the with kind of the sprawling, I don't know, sprawling like banner on them, and I saw, and it's and and so I got a uh, these uh, recordings of a fellow by the name of Ernest Thompson. I'd never heard of him before. And so I picked up two of them, but they had like, a, they must have had a pile of like, you know, 12 or 15 of them sitting there. But at, I didn't know who he was, so taking a gamble, I just grabbed two of them. And um, they're great. He, he was he was one of the first country artists to record in, out of North Carolina to make popular records. And he made, I mean, he made tons and tons of records. He was a blind guy, and he had, uh, he, he had burned his... From what I was told, is he burned his uh, throat at one point. Ah, oh, these uh, here's some great ones right here. It looks like John has a whole a whole bunch of them. Let's see here. But he had burned his throat at one point, so he sings in this really peculiar s style of singing. Yeah, here we go. Here's one. Uh, Mississippi Sawyer. Yeah, I just pulled these out. They might play a little bit better. Awesome. And that one you have, uh, I, I love all these guys, this guy's records, and I mean you can find them; they're totally obtainable. Yeah, I was, uh, so let's listen to this Mississippi story. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just at a banjo symposium in um, in over at Chapel Hill at at, at the college over there, and wow. and I played with uh, Tony Trishka and um, two fellows, uh, Riley Boggus and Kirk Sutphin. And Kurt was he actually had, he'd actually gotten to meet people who had had met Ernest Thompson. I think he said he also had met him when he was a really young boy. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, and he, so he he's he's done a whole bunch of research. I think he's done the most research there is on Ernest Thompson. So I I got to I got to reach out to him again and oh, cool. and and uh you know, talk to him a little more about it. But yeah, he's he's known one of those great guys. And also, he was a songster too. You have one of his records too of uh where he does Coon Crap Game, which is the same tune as I Got Mine and does a version of Chicken Roost Behind the Moon, which were also done by Frank Stokes, and it's really great yeah, to 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 uh, compare the two versions of that, because we were kind of talking about how it, how the interpretation of the different songsters on, on the material, it's, it's really interesting to hear the way that Ernest Thompson handles the material compared to Frank Stokes. Well, let, let's hear a little bit of that Mississippi Sawyer.
so good. Nice. So good. Alright, I got one I gotta play. I can't really... Uh, well, since this has obviously turned out to be a show about songsters. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah, sure thing. As they say. Yeah. It's a good thing. Um, I can't play without... I can't play the show without doing a record by one of my favorites. It's the great Chevy Parker. Alright. And, uh... This record, uh... Is not not only uh, really great great performances, but uh, it's it's a very rare record. Um, this is only the second known copy, and uh, it's weird. A lot of his stuff, for no apparent reason, is really tough to get. This hmm. is one of them, and then others are so overwhelmingly common, it's unbelievable. But not much is known about him, um, except that you know he's probably from Chicago. I have all the sheet music they put out. He was a great self promoter, you know at his own publishing company where he published his own sheet music. <laughs> and I have a little postcard that I found of his that he sent out telling people about his gigs. He was um, on Ch Chicago radio, the WLS. Hmm. Um, although I don't know that anything's ever turned up, but they, they do have transcriptions of a lot of those radio shows. I hope to someday find someone who's playing live on the radio. So now that was the barn dance? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, some, some folks... Went on for years, right? Yeah, so, yeah and, and some folks should know that... Um, that what was it? Uh, George D. Hay started on the the Chicago Barn Dance, and he took it down to Nashville at, for WSM, hmm. and, and that was what started the Grand Ole Opry was was off of that Chicago Barn Dance That's right. show. Right. So other than that, uh, his name on the sheet music is Frederick Chubby Parker. Nothing's really known about him, but he's a, one of my favorites. Most people know uh, what is it? Um, Oh, King Kong Kichikami, yo. Yeah, off of, what is it? I never oh, that, that's off of uh, the Anthology of American Folk Music, uh, the, right. the Harry Smith Anthology. And Harry also, Smith. also, you know, funny enough, the movie The Hangover, there's a there's a there's some rap song on there. I don't know what it is, but they have a sample of Chubby Parker. The uh, whole song is based off it. It's incredible. Yeah, it it it's like uh, I was sitting there. I couldn't there. believe it. I was on a plane when I heard it, and I actually screamed, "What the fuck!" <laughs> like I screamed it, and everyone turned around and looked. I'm like, "I'm sorry, but something just happened. You can't understand." <laughs> the whole song is, you know, and then this rapper guy comes in, and it's real dirty and. You know, it's like, what do you do when you bust a nut? King Kong, kitchy, kitchy, Every line is like unbelievable. And he samples the whole tune. I mean, the whole, his song is pretty much based on, you know, it's yeah. not just like a random sample. It's like the whole song. Man, I never thought I would see that day come. That's incredible. <laughs> I like that song. Oh, yeah. All right, so this is uh, Davy Crockett. You know, it's a song about Davy Crockett. And, uh. I don't know if it's, I get, it's not literally about David. I mean, the first line is, you know, uh, let me tell you a story about a man named Davy Crockett. He was half man, half horse, and half skyrocket. Yeah. It's the weirdest fucking tune, man. It, it gets, it, it, well, you folks will see. It gets, yeah, you got to really listen to the words on these Chevy Parker tunes. A lot of times he gets going really fast, and it's easy just to, like, disconnect from it. But the words are amazing. Yeah. Sounds like this, or have you seen the black clouds do you know that one breaking mm -mm. over yonder it's no incredible song about uh you know he, he was like a parent well i want to i'm making this up but i think he was been possibly an irish immigrant because mm. a lot of his songs like his the irish wedding and i was i'm irish too mm. um and it's hard to tell by his accent but um he has this, a style that could kind of you know be like that sweet nora shannon so. oh okay 
and I'm making up that that guy's Irish too. Yeah. I'm just saying, uh, anyways, it's a song about immigrants coming over on the boat, and then when they get here, you know, realize you know things are going to be still be tough. And then you know the, the other great one by him is you, you'll hear the bells in the morning. You know that? Mm-hmm. One? No, I don't know that one. Maybe I should play one of those. It's, you probably heard this one from the stuff. Oh no, man, but I gotta hear David Crockett okay, though. Let's play David. reminds you of like a it's almost like a a mad magazine comic like in a song you know yeah yeah because they take Davy Crockett as the character that you know but then he just does this kind of outrageous stuff like jumps he he like runs after a dead squirrel and and then I'm not sure exactly what he's doing it's like a real psychedelic story yeah he's like hunting these creatures but they're all 
while talking to him and interacting with him. He's, you know, it's, it's strange. It's really a strange, like, uh, like psychedelic uh, children's story or something. Yeah. Um, I wanted to play this. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard this. Uncle Dave Macon. Uh, the Pickaninny Lullaby song, do you know this? No, I never heard that one. I never heard this either, and I've been hunting for years to get the other side of this, which is Sail Away Ladies by the Fruit Jar Drink. It was a really, really rare record. And, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And I'd never heard this side, and I couldn't believe it. This, this is like a, a real, like, kind of coon song, minstrel song, and kind of unlike anything you've ever heard Macon do. Even though, of course, you know, m most people... Uh, know Dave Macon, and they know that often he did these kind of minstrel and coon songs as introductions to other songs. You know, he starts out playing the banjo, usually a solo, and yeah. he'll say, that was, you know, such and such, and now, you know, we're going to go into the more country song. Yeah. But this is a real interesting song. I was wondering if you had ever heard it or heard another version of it, but it's called the Piccaninny Lullaby. <laughs> Down on the corn coffee, we're jolly picking it in just for moving it in. 
song great right yeah wow i'd never heard anything like that from uncle dave before no yeah like uh, that's a real anomaly well i guess i'll make a mention to the to the listeners uh, that uh, uh piccaninny uh, you usually have seen them uh, uh depicted as a uh, topsy from uncle tom's cabin uh, a little black girl with uh, the with all the pigtails poking out every which way so Piccaninny was a was a, a little uh, a little black child it, it, I guess portrayed in a very derogatory manner yeah I mean that song's pretty hardcore racist if you listen to the words pretty much every line is you know give him, give him a banana so he doesn't whatever you know it's just one race yeah. but unfortunately a lot of music as we know from that period was you know insanely racist and it still happens to be beautiful music absolutely and that's that's kind of one of the things i always keep in mind folks is you know like to the listening listening to the music and and just realizing that coming from a racist society that that uh was i don't know that that had certain you know social social mores and you know kind of standards about how people depicted other people and you know also for the racism against black people went went all across the board to all sorts of people when it came to entertainment, and oh, so just kind of keeping that, keeping right. the keeping all it wasn't that in just mind. Black people. Yeah, it was it's like the same as it is today. It's yep. against everybody. Yep, <laughs> I, you know everybody. So it's kind of keeping that in mind, you know, when listening to it. Uh, well, the all, thing is, is if you throw away all the racist music, you really don't have too much left, and you know, unfortunately, there's just too much good music in there to really. For me, anyways, of course, I'm a white male, so it's easy for me to say. But you know, I think most people who are into this all time music just accept the fact that a lot of it's going to be racist. You know, I mean, how can I live without Sing Song Girl, My Little Yellow Cinderella? That's beautiful. Yo, be, or not yeah. to mention my pretty little Indian Napanee, you know, about a cowboy falls in love with an Indian. It's a beautiful love song, but it, a lot of it's racist just because people were so racist that they weren't even considering themselves racist when they're trying to write a beautiful love song. Absolutely, you know? and then even but, more well-known you know, tunes. If you worry about all that, then, you know, what, what do we have left? You know, a couple of pop songs? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then, so that's just kind of a thing. I just want to make a quick mention of that just because, you know, to to kind of deny any of any of the music just based on some of the racial content would is, is a disservice to... Uh, music in general, and also to the, being a listening to history and trying to, you know, you know, just take it with a grain of salt, and also you know realize how far we've come since. So, and then it's interesting too to see what people do with these songs, like, like for instance, like Uncle Dave Macon has so many kind of racist songs. We probably can assume that he was pretty racist, yeah, you know, especially where he came from. He was yeah, an old guy. He was fifty when he recorded so that's pretty clear but then you hear like uh, a guy like uh, you know Frank Stokes take like the song we were talking about I, I think it was last show mm -hmm. like I Got Mine yeah. and take 
that song, which is you know from the sheet music, like insanely racist, then do his version where he takes the racist stuff out and kind of turns the song into like, hey, but I got mine. Yeah. You know? Kind of like a fu to the song. You yeah. Know? So you can say what you want about me. I'm down. I might be down, but I got mine. Don't worry about me. Yeah. And by taking, essentially keeping all the same lyrics except the racist parts and saying that, and kind of, you can just kind of hear it when he says it. Like, oh, yeah. When he says, I got mine, he's just saying, hey, fuck you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's always interesting to me. Absolutely. And then uh, just to jump back on a musical level, wow, what an amazing arrangement. And that was, what do you think, the, the McGee brothers, Sam and, well, Sam and was, Kurt? I mean, it's the fruit jar drinker, so yep. yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like the full band to me. Yeah. So I'm not sure, actually, who exactly is on it, but there's a couple of fiddles and guitar, so, you know, I'd say the McGee brothers are definitely on there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's from a session of the actual fruit jar drinkers, even though mm. it's credited to Uncle Dave. Okay. Real interesting, you know, that whole beginning with the minor part. It's real, like, modal sounding. Mm -hmm. It goes into that beautiful, like, you know, really 19th century sounding melody. Yeah. And, uh, and just the way they render it, it's just so beautiful. Uh, also, kind of uh, some of the other things I was noticing was the 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 ha ha syllables are really you know that that's a whole that's a whole genre in itself of of the of ha ha syllables with a lot of the minstrel music but that mm. that was really knocking me out and then um, it, it reminded me of two things it reminded me of um, I played something from Lost Sounds earlier uh, but there's a there's a song called um, Poor Mourner by uh, by two guys cousins and Damas which is the same song as uh, You Shall Be Free, which was also recorded by Frank Stokes, uh, Woody Guthrie and Lead Belly. Uh, Bob Dylan also did a version of the song, but they have a version of it that does the same sort of thing where it goes in, it's a major, major choral, choral part, but then it goes into a minor part when they're singing the verses. And then finally, um, it also reminded me of a lot of Harry C. Brown, who was a you know who's another minstrel performer of uh, that and and a big predecessor to Dave Macon yeah. and Chubby Parker yeah and he was also I found out he was the Charlie Poole's manager as well really? later on yeah wow, so I did it, not know that it, it's like it's interesting yeah Charlie Poole another guy who did nothing but minstrel and you know uh, early. 19th century, uh, 20th century uh, songs. Oh man! Only had a couple of original songs. Yeah. Know? And came out of that whole school of Harry C. Brown, Chubby Parker. Yeah. Dave Nathan. Real interesting. Look, yeah. If, uh, if if you guys are si sitting here listening and scratching your heads, like, who are these people they're mentioning? Charlie po Charlie Poole, the Dave Macon. There's a great documentary. Go that, to the interwebs. Yeah, the interwebs will tell you. And uh, there's another uh, documentary that came out on PBS from a good friend of mine, Mark Fields, called "Give Me the Banjo," which uh, is one of the first comprehensive histories on the banjo. And if you get the DVD version of it. Uh, well, see, when they put it on PBS, Mark, could, Mark was originally trying to make a, a Ken Burns-style documentary that would be a 10-volume ten, ten, uh, series, but then uh, in the end, PBS gave him 90 minutes to work with. So uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the folks who, who know a lot of history of the banjo, they were kind of disappointed in a lot of ways, and one of the big disappointments was the lack of Uncle Dave Macon in the actual documentary. But if you get the, if you get the, the DVD... There's a, a 12 minute segment on Uncle Dave Macon that's absolutely oh, phenomenal. Right. That you, get it. you know, so it, it, go out I and did check see that out. And I was thinking all those things you said. Yeah, and it's it's it is it is it is worth the price of admission for that Uncle Dave Macon 
Okay, well, I know you want to play a couple records, and i got to play you one more by this guy, Willard Hoggins. Do you know him? No, I never heard him. Okay, well, you're going to be interested in this guy then. And I'm not going to say, well, he, he, he's greatly ridiculed by most collectors as being either, you know, retarded or like a guy who was like putting something on. Mm. And I've been listening to his records very closely for a long time because I love him. And I, I don't think he's either of those things. I think he's actually a real rural guy who just had an extremely simple and original way of playing the banjo. Mm. And sometimes it can be extremely crude, but it's very effective in songs like this, The Girl That Lived on Polecat Creek, which is just... <laughs> And a big white house. He hired a gal to work with me. She was so big and stout. Her hair curled so tight, she couldn't shut her mouth. Her eyes were so small, they both ran into one. And when a fly got in her eyes, it was like a June bug in the sun. Her nose, it was so long, it turned up like a squash. And once she tried to kiss, it made me laugh, by God. Now, the old man had no sweetheart but his wife. And when he made love to this gal, it sure was a sight. She used to wash his clothes and hang them on her line. His pants and hers hung side by side all the time. Now, the old missus caught him hugging his darling in the barn. And she run the gal play off the farm. Now she lived down on Polecat Creek. And she had a lot of good liquor and would give a fella a treat. Oh, the boys all went down there to look around. She had a big door she kept locked and bolted down. Every time you'd knock on her door to make the old gal kind of sore. I'd have married that gal ten years ago If it hadn't been for Big Eye Joe His teeth was out, his hair was black His eyes were crossed, she didn't mind that He was tall and very slim, that's why my girl loved him Oh, she lived down on the stream She had a lot of liquor and she haunted my dream Her lips were red and her eyes were bright Her feet were big, but her teeth were white She had two fellas that both lived down the road She did one washing and paid the other's board Now Pole Cat Creek was the place to go But the gal in the liquor was locked behind the door Knocked on her door one night and she's dancing forevermore. Oh, she had a fellow there called Banjo Joe. She looked out the window and said, Now, boys, when you can't come there, is I got a real man in here. Oh, that's, 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 a, that's a fantastic record. 
like it? Yeah, that, and that's also it's kind of it's kind of fun in some ways that you can tell that he he was ready to stop, and <laughs> it seems like someone waved him and was like, keep, 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 keep going, you know, going, and, and he's like, oh, oh, okay, and kept kept hitting it, and then also <laughs> that what a crazy ending too. Yeah. Most of his other records are more like that that style of playing that he plays at the ending. Oh, really? With Which the do 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 Oh, interesting. And that's why a lot of people just kind of write him off. This is a late Edison. Oh, I see. It's yeah. I I got I got one one of these of a Fred Van Epps one. Yeah. And Great band player. There was a guy who I I used to I used to work at this public pool and I I had. I had one of these around, and the guy used to, the guy called, said, he, what did he call them? He said they was called Buffalo, they were Buffalo Killers, because he said at one point, you, he's like, they were so thick and heavy that you could just take one and fling it like a Frisbee, and you could kill a buffalo if you hit it between <laughs> the eyes with it. I wouldn't want to know what that felt like. <laughs> yeah, that's a big, well, these Edison records were big, heavy-duty shellac. They were, um... Uh, cut differently, so you need a special player to play them, which luckily I have. Yeah, like uh, if for folks who can't can't see one of these things, it's like um, it's like if you put maybe two or three records together, it's about that thick. Yeah. In in height, you know, and uh, yeah, beautiful beautiful little label on there too. You can see it's Edison. It's a product of the Edison Laboratories. Got his picture on there because Lord knows he's not too egotistical. <laughs> Now, uh, we got to move, move along here because uh, we're going to run out of time. So please uh, tell me what records you want me to play. Well, if, if you could play... Um, I'll be happy to play anything oh, you want, Mr. If, if you could play, let's see, two, two records that I would love to hear. Because we've been playing a lot of lyrical songs and ones, uh, particularly comedy records. I would love, love it if you, if you could play But They Got It Fixed Right On by uh, Georgia Tom. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, I'm not, I'm not jealous by Rabbit Brown, which is one of my all-time favorites. And since I know you, you got that one. Ah, oh, sheesh. And see now, now I'm thinking a whole bunch of them. And there's Do It Right. There's, uh, <laughs> by uh, Cat, uh, you know, Pig Meat Pete and Cat Juice Charlie. Well, we we gotta play that one too. So yeah. We'll play three. Yeah, right, I'm gonna play them all right in a row. And then, I, well, see, yeah, then I wanted to play. Ah, I wanted to play that Charlie Charlie Jackson one too. Ah, oh, man, well, it's too many. There's too many records in the world. Let's just do it. All right. No, stop. <laughs> yeah, well, the old met a boy named Jim. He liked her and she liked him. Both broke down in a country park. They didn't get home till after dark. But they got it Ain't no doubt, nobody knows what it's all about. Too bad that the news got out, but they got it fixed right on. A peg leg man had a gal named Sue. She broke his peg leg half in two. Only way they could fix the leg was to let his gal take a hold of the peg. But they got it fixed, ain't no doubt. Nobody knows what it's all about. Too bad that the news got out, but they got it fixed right on. Oh, Cause it felt kind of queer Knocked on the front door, run to the rear 
called for the cop until the very next day Somebody had took the back door away But they got it fixed, ain't no doubt Nobody knows what it's all about Too bad that the news got out But they got it fixed right on Gal went into the butcher's shop, grabbed the butcher's big ham hop. The butcher knocked her off her feet. She missed his bone, but she got his feet. But he got it fixed, ain't no doubt. Nobody knows what it's all about. Too bad that the news got out, but they got it fixed right on. When you go to eat, bread's no good without the meat. Followed my gal to the store one day, and I called her, giving her bread away. But they got it fixed, ain't no doubt. Nobody knows what it's all about. Too bad that the news got out, but they got it fixed right on. I knew a gal in a bakery shop, serving donuts and lollipops. Richard came in to see what's old, and she asked him to fix her jelly roll. Oh, they got it fixed, ain't no doubt. Nobody knows what it's all about. Too bad that the news got out, but they got it fixed right on. Monkey and the cold cat made a deal to discuss the subject of sex appeal. Come when the argument right or wrong is the sex appeal was a much too strong. But you got it fixed, ain't no doubt. Nobody knows what it's all about. Too bad that the news got out, but they got it fixed right on. Ah, one of the great records there. So underrated. Yeah. Yeah, the they're considered the inventors of hokum. Yeah, you should let's play that one there. I've, it this is a this next record's a, a record with two good sides on it. James Alley Blues and uh, I'm Not Jealous. I had and we got to move quickly, but I, I just want to mention uh, if you want to hear uh, somebody in the modern days playing these songs, you should get Don Fleming's uh, solo record. Is this on American Songster? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, see, I don't. I don't play the James Alley Blues on a record yet. I play. Uh, you have to don't, catch me live then. You haven't recorded. it. No, I have not recorded that. And one I'm yet. not jealous either. You haven't. No, I haven't recorded either. Well, you can go to YouTube and look at my videos and put it up. Yeah. And maybe if you buy some of Dom's other records, and maybe he'll be inspired to do another record and put these on. Is that right? Oh yes. Oh yes. Because uh, there are some American songs just still around today, and if you like this kind of stuff, do what I tell you. Buy it, stupid. Time with these girls now it's so hard to please. 
Cause I was born in the country And I need it to go Cause I was born in the country She thinks I'm easy to lose She tried to hit me to a wagon She wanna drive me like a mule You know I bought the groceries And I pay the rent Yeah, I buy the groceries and I paid her rent She tried to make me wash her clothes But I got good common sense I said if you don't want me Why don't you tell me so You know that if you don't want me Why don't you tell me so Because it ain't like a man It ain't got nowhere to go I didn't give you sugar for sugar Let you get sold for sold I'll give you sugar for sugar Let you get sold for sold And if you can't get along with me Well, it's your own fault How you want me to love you And you treat me mean How do you want me to love you Keep a treat me mean You my daily thought And my nightly dream Sometimes I think that you too sweet to die Sometimes I think that you too sweet to die And another time I think You ought to be better alive Oh, one of the great records there, and one of the great last last verses too to to a blues song. Well, you know that one's kind of half and halfway in there. It's it's sort of a blues, but it there's there's a little something extra going on there. It has these these almost Latin Latin rhythms within it, and and what a, an amazing thumb. But uh, let, let me play you a little bit here of uh, I'm sure you've played a lot of Papa Charlie already on the show at, at certain points. I don't know. No, not not too much Papa Charlie. Oh, jeez. So because this is because like I would like to. Well, like I was you know mentioning earlier in the show, this is the one song I I'd heard. Uh, I'm a fan of Document Records. You know they they don't have the best transfers, but they got everything or a good deal of everything out there. The recorded of uh, blues performers and jazz and, and gospel particularly. They have hillbilly stuff, but it's not quite as extensive. But they got three discs of Papa Charlie Jackson, who was a six-string banjo player who's made some of the first popular records of solo blues performing. And uh, I got a whole theory around that, so maybe another time we'll, we can talk about Papa Charlie. But um, So there's this one song he does called Bright Eyes, which is unlike anything else that he recorded completely different style and you know so so this is this one also there he and rabbit brown were both from new orleans and so i i've got i've got a i've got a, a theory that that rabbit brown and papa charlie were related somehow through a, a shared repertoire because there's only there's only this particular recording rabbit brown's five recordings and then another fellow blind willie harris that have the similar vocal and vocal and guitar technique but here's a little bit of Papa Charlie also notice that there's a dialogue between two people but Papa Charlie's saying 
the dialogue for both people, but he's not taking any any time to really sing say who's who. So just keep an ear out for that. Hello, little girl. How are you? What might be your name? Why do you want to know my name? Because I admire you so. My name is Bright Eyes. Well, it's getting late now. I think I'll go. Yeah, and it's what like, yeah, like uh, for the folks listening at home, like Papa Charlie's style generally is very bass heavy, and he spends a lot of time doing licks on the bass end of his six-string banjo. And so this one, he's not doing anything. Any of the normal licks that you'll hear from Papa Charlie, he's not doing any of it. And then also that it's so close to Rabbit Brown, particularly there's another tune that he does, uh, I'm Not Jealous, that and that has some similarities to it but it's like it's just really really uh bizarre but again it's another one of those hit one of the, another one of those mysteries because it's the only tune that he does that he has anything like this going on yeah but you don't know you know it's hard to say because i think what happened to a lot of these guys when they showed up at the recording sessions which could totally 
you know, explain Papa Charlie Jackson is they went in and they might have had a whole repertoire of different styles of songs. Hmm. And they played one that the record company was like, yeah, I want that. We want that. You got anything else like that? Because hmm. those record companies were only interested in blues from black musicians. Hmm. It's a miracle that people like, you know, the Beans record got recorded even. It's a miracle. And you got to imagine that there was thousands of other guys like that playing in that style who were older guys because that style wasn't that old 30 40 years you know? yeah and uh but the new thing that was happening in the 20s was blues 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 so i'm sure you know they heard shake that thing and thought that you know that was the style that they wanted even though that's not actually a blues we know it but it's you know close enough dance kind of tune and you know and most of his other stuff falls directly into that vein hmm. aside from the fact that shake that thing was a big hit but i bet you somebody hmm. at the record company said yeah yeah you got any more like that and he probably had a whole arsenal of different kinds of songs like that that got discarded you know man that's i'm making that up but i bet you it's true <laughs> Good job. I, I can i can see that yeah. but yeah <laughs> Well, that was phenomenal. Dom, thanks for being here on the Old Time Radio Show. Hey, no problem, John. Thanks for having back. me. Oh, of course. Like tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, seriously, anytime you want to do it, it was a lot of fun. And I got this record queued up. That's one of our favorite acts, Pygmy and Pete and Cat Choose Charlie. You want to hear Do It Right, right? Yeah, man. Okay. I got nothing to say about it, so here we go. How about you? Oh, no. Thanks, man. When your gal gets old, she wants to be alone. You left a little work undone at home. Do it right, do it right. What if you're doing? Go on, do it right. Whenever you're doing, whatever you should, just do your best to do it good. Do it right, do it right. What if you do it? Oh, do it right. When you have a fight and you didn't win, buy a shotgun, start over again. Do it right, do it right. What if you do it? Go on, do it right. If your gal come home, she's feeling tight. She wants some loving that very night. Do it right. Do it right. What if you do it? Go on, do it right. If you're feeling bad, call you on the shelf. Get some rope, go hang yourself. Do it right, do it right. What if you're doing? Go on, do it right. If your gal needs money, how bad you feel? Go get some money if you have to steal. Do it right, do it right. What if you do it, go on, do it right. If your wife leave home every time you do, somebody outside knows more than you. Do it right, do it right. What if you do it, go on, do it right.
it right. When you're pal by your gal, a Coca-Cola, you can bet your life he's playing her big troller. Do it right. Do it right. What am you doing? Don't do it right. The elephant said when he swallowed the cat, Got a mouth full of kitty and it's tight like that. Do it right. He did it right. What am you doing? Go on, do it right.